of Jesus Christ is God's rescue plan and it doesn't say listen you can come to Jesus if you only do these things wrong and if you do these other things wrong you can't come no it says whoever wants to let him come and drink deep of the wells of salvation whoever wants to come and that my friends is a terrifying whoever isn't it we live in a world where people do terrible things there are groups of people who hold beliefs that we can't understand Imagine a group of people who you feel are deserving of death. Now put yourself on that list. As Pastor Daniel will teach today, the most amazing part of God's character is the part that we can't understand, that he forgives all. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh and didn't want them to be forgiven because he knew God would. Now here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, Who's the Bigger Rebel? Jesus is The final message in this rebel series in the book of Jonah. Now, if you're watching a movie and you know that there's a number of parts to the movie, kind of like if you've watched either The Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or uh, The Hunger Games or Divergent or whatever your movie preferences are, uh, the Barbie uh, trilogy or whatever. <laughs> You know that when there's another part of the movie coming, you, you leave it wide open. They need to hook you so that you'll come to see the next one. Now, what's interesting is we're closing out the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah ends that way, except we don't ever actually find out what the final outcome is. It's kind of like God leaves you totally hanging. And I think there's a reason for that. But I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? I want you to open up in your Bibles to the book of Jonah, chapter 4, as we close out this series in the book of Jonah. Jonah, chapter 4. Listen, I want you to open a Bible, either on your phone or a, it's called a book. It's got binding and pages and all this stuff. I want you to be able to read along, because listen, every single time we gather together here at Crossroads, no matter who is preaching, God's word gets opened. Because it's God's word, and we, and we deal with what the text says. And we want you to be able to, to see it as it's written and be able to deal with it along with us. But listen, it's your last time you get to use our hashtag, hashtag CCCRebel, Jonah chapter 4. Now, if you're new to the Bible, I want to get you to the book of Jonah. Jonah is part of what we call the minor prophets. They're the last 12 books in the Old Testament. So two-thirds of your Bible from Genesis to Malachi, we call it the Old Testament. That's everything that happened before Jesus came. And those last 12 books, they call them minor prophets because they weren't as verbose as the major prophets who wrote much longer books. And Jonah sits there between the book of Obadiah, the shortest book in your Bible, and then the book of Micah. So if you end up with Amos and Micah, Jonah's right in the middle there. And 
And you guys know that four comes right after three, so it's easy to find. Jonah chapter four. The book of Jonah has been pretty powerful, isn't it? If you've been studying through it with us, quick stab, I mean, it's, this is just our fourth message. It's a pretty powerful book. And what's amazing is, is that no matter how well you know the story of Jonah, there's always new things that grab you every time you read it. For a lot of us, we've been reading through the book of Jonah every single day for this whole series. And if you've been doing that along with me, you've realized that one day this thing pops out, one day this other piece pops out. And I'm here to tell you that Jonah chapter 4 has literally enlarged my heart over the last month. Because Jonah chapter 4 has some of the most important teachings that you could find anywhere in your Bible, foundational teachings for what it means for who God is and who we are meant to be. Sometimes we're so used to hearing the story that we miss how profound what's going on here is. So if you look at Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, and if you've been at all these messages, we always start with the last verse of the last chapter. It's kind of the way it lays out. It says, then God saw their works, and they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. And then, chapter 4, verse 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And verse 4, then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Now, I don't know about you, but this story takes a really strange turn. I mean, listen, it's taken a lot of strange turns, hasn't it? God calls Jonah. Jonah heads in the other direction. Wasn't expecting that, right? Then Jonah ends up on a boat, and there's a big storm, and Jonah gets thrown in the water, and the storm stops, and then Jonah gets eaten by a fish. I bet you weren't expecting that either, right? Then chapter 2, Jonah's in the belly of this fish that God prepared as his rescue vessel. And after three days, Jonah starts praying. You probably would have figured he would have prayed before three days, but he starts praying a little bit late. Better late than never. And then God speaks to the fish, and the fish pukes Jonah up on the dry land. I bet you weren't expecting that to happen either. And then Jonah goes into the city because God calls him again. Jonah starts to proclaim God's judgment on the city, and something you didn't expect happens. Everybody starts to repent. There's a movement of repentance, right? And then God relents from the judgment he declared, right? And then in verse 1, we find out it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Now, I'm here to tell you, as a pastor, when you proclaim a message and everybody repents, you feel like you did a pretty good job. Like, Jonah would end up at an evangelism conference. Like, the whole city. But then Jonah is angry. 
Notice, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. This is an unexpected turn of events. I mean, a pastor would be like, man, what God did? He'd be on Facebook being like, all of them never repented. He'd have pictures of the king in sackcloth. I mean, it would be everywhere. But Jonah's rip-roaring mad. He's angry at the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you what it teaches us, and then we're going to unpack it. The principle that we have here is that don't be angry at God's love. Don't be angry at God's love. Jonah is really upset right now. The whole city heard the message of judgment. There was a movement of repentance, and God forgave them. It's the meaning of grace. And now Jonah's angry at God's love. Because look what he says in verse 2. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. See, Jonah is angry at God for who God is. Now, I'm explaining to you why that is. And I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to get up in your face a little bit. Because I think a lot of us are like Jonah. See, the Ninevites were the arch enemies of the children of Israel. They were the most brutal, vicious, mean-spirited. I mean, they literally caused enormous amounts of harm to the children of Israel. And this was even before... The Assyrians, who were Nineveh was one of the chief cities, conquered the 10 northern tribes and ethnically cleansed the 10 northern tribes where they ended up becoming known as the Samaritans in the New Testament. They were absolutely brutal. But why is Jonah angry? Jonah's angry because God is a forgiving God. I mean, imagine this. These are their, like, all Jonah wants is to see these Assyrians wiped off the face of the earth. He had every justifiable reason to say, man, it is time. But what we find out here is the reason Jonah fled in the first place is because he knew that by going to declare judgment, that if the Ninevites repented, that God would be gracious. And it pissed Jonah off. Now, I used that language here because I realized that more people would be offended with me saying that than you would be offended by being angry at God's love for the people who are your arch enemies. God's plan is always to save. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. But you know what? A whole lot of us really don't like that. Think about the one person. Like, it's just not possible. Maybe you are just, you know, you go to bed and you have red Republican underwear on. 
And you just can't imagine God redeeming a Democrat. It's just like, oh, man, or maybe you have blue Democrat underwear on, right? And you can't even fathom that God would love a Republican. Or maybe you're so polarized because of your politics that you can't imagine God loving an immigrant in America or somebody who has same-sex attraction. Or you can't imagine God loving a Muslim. Jonah struggled with the character of God because he said, God's character says no matter where you are or what you've done, no matter where you've been, if you turn, no matter how horrendous who you have been is, if you turn to the Lord, he will forgive. Jonah knew it, and it made him so mad. And I believe that for many of us here, we love Jesus, but we've been polarized by politics or life or you got hurt by somebody along the way or something happened and you're like, yeah, God can forgive everybody except those people. And God is right to judge them and condemn them. Listen, I've been around people long enough to know that in all of our hearts, there's some person or people group that holds that place in our hearts for maybe really good reasons. But my friend... Don't be Jonah. Don't be angry at God's love. See, what Jonah says, he's like, Lord, I knew you were going to do this. Look what he says in verse 2. Ha, ah, Lord, was this not what I said while I was still in my country? Therefore I fled to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Now, this is a quotation from Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. This little passage is one of the most concise and well-used passages in your Bible as to the character of God. God gave it to Moses, who gave it to the people on Mount Sinai. This is what the Lord said to Moses in those verses. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. This phrase or this expression of the character of God, you can find all over your New Testament. And Jonah's saying, this is why I ran. This is why. Because I knew that you were godlike, and I don't like it. See, Jonah's sense of patriotic duty had run roughshod over his religious sensibilities. I knew that you would forgive him. I knew it. My friends, we have to be careful that we do not despise the character of God because God is so much nicer, more gracious, more compassionate, more forgiving than we could ever fathom him to be. God wants, desires to forgive everybody. That is what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about.
The cross of Jesus Christ is God's rescue plan. And it doesn't say, listen, you can come to Jesus if you only do these things wrong. And if you do these other things wrong, you can't come. No, it says whoever wants to let him come and drink deep of the wells of salvation. Whoever wants to come. And that, my friends, is a terrifying whoever, isn't it? Because what it means is because of the cross, the person in the world who you cannot fathom becoming a family member can become a family member. It's like all it takes is your arch rival to give their life to Jesus, and now they're your brother or sister. I mean, the gospel is that outrageous. But don't be angry at God's love. Don't be like Jonah. See, Jonah cannot stand who God is. Not because Jonah doesn't want to receive it himself. Jonah just doesn't want to share it with the people he despises the most. Now listen, I'm quite sure there's some of you in here right now watching online You're checking out Christianity, but your biggest hang-up is because along life's way, you ran into a Jonah. You ran into somebody who said, everybody but you, God will forgive because of this part of your life. And if that's you, I just want to tell you, forgive the Jonah in your life, but don't let someone's misrepresentation of God become your understanding of God. Because the Ninevites were horrendous. But God was willing to forgive if they changed, if they turned. And they did turn, and God forgave. And all God asks of you, no matter what your circumstances are right now, if you come to Jesus and you turn to God, God will accept you just as you are. And you know how I know that? Because that's what he's done for all of us. Everybody here who's ever put their faith and trust in Jesus, God relented of the judgment we deserved. He did. He did it for me. He's done it for the people around you. And he will do it for you. But you have to turn. See, that's the difference between the gospel of Jesus Christ and the way kind of our culture does pop spirituality. It says, no, You're just loved by God, and you don't have to do anything. Just be who you are, and God loves you. And I'm here to tell you, no relationship works that way. No relationship works that way. And it's a great sentiment. It'll make a great little quote from a comedian or an actress or an actor, and everyone, like, shares on Facebook, oh, this is so wonderful. Just be who you are, and God loves you. That's just flat out wrong. Because you know and I know that relationships get broken down because people are wrong. That's why it happens. Some of us have been wrong and relationships get severed. So in no situation is there not an impact for the way that we carry ourselves. So let's not pretend, let's not be spiritually entitled, because that's what I call that. It's a sense of spiritual entitlement. I can be whoever I want to be, and God has to love me. Come on. Nobody really rolls that way. But the gospel says if you turn, no matter who you are or where you've been, if you turn... God will forgive you. God's grace is that outrageous. In verse 3, Jonah is so angry at the love of God that he says, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. 
Now, you might be saying, thinking Jonah's a little melodramatic, and he might very well be. I mean, there's a number of factors here. Some scholars would say that Jonah was concerned that because he gave this prophecy, and now it's not going to be coming to pass, that he would be called a false prophet, and he was concerned about his own reputation. So he's like, look, and you know, a false prophet in that day would get stoned with rocks, not with weed. And that was a type of capital punishment. And so, and listen, man, we live in Washington in 2014. I got to make sure I clarify with you guys. So it could be that. But it's really, Jonah was so angry. In a lot of ways, my friends, this is why as a church, as we were praying about what we're going to engage in from a cross-cultural missions perspective, the only place our hearts landed was in the Muslim countries because they're our own personal Ninevites. It's interesting that Nineveh is in modern-day Iraq. We realize that the Muslim countries for Americans is a lot like the Ninevites for Jonah. It's the same thing, same picture. But we don't want to make the same mistake that Jonah made. Now, notice God's response in verse 4. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? No, I love that about the Lord. Do you ever realize that the Lord has a selective hearing? The Lord doesn't even address Jonah's melodramatic, Lord, just kill me. The Lord, and I love that about the Lord. Because, And listen, I want to encourage you. Sometimes you need to have selective hearing too. Now, husbands, don't pull that out with your wives later. Because I know you guys, you guys are, you guys are sneaky. Be like, oh, it's like, you weren't listening. Well, Pastor Daniel said sometimes we have to use selective hearing. <laughs> but if you watch the way Jesus walks in the Gospels, he doesn't address the smokescreen. He always gets to the heart of the matter. And I think a lot of times in our relationships, in our conversations, in our sharing of the Gospel, we get off on rabbit trails because we take all the smokescreen stuff rather than focusing down on what's the heart of the matter. See, God doesn't even address Jonah's, oh, Lord, just take me. He just says, is it really okay for you to be angry? And I love that because you notice it's a leading question of the Lord. He's not saying, Jonah, it's wrong of you to be angry. He's saying, is it really okay for you to be angry? God leads Jonah with just a question, is it okay? Now, what happens next? We find God is trying to teach Jonah because look at what happens in verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it to come up over Jonah that it might, shade, might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant but as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered and it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, is it better for me to die than to live? Jonah struggled with the character of God, which is to forgive everyone. Jonah knew God was going to forgive the people of Nineveh, and it angered him. As Pastor Daniel shared, we have those same biases. 
feeling that some folks are undeserving of God's love. God is doing some amazing things with Jesus is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is Real Radio on more radio stations worldwide and to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is Real Radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share about the true point of our lives. Because sometimes we get so focused on accomplishing a certain set of tasks, we forget where our focus is truly supposed to be. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled Rebel. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 